Tom was so distracted by the brightness of the light that he nearly missed the crack in the outer wall entirely. When the current grabbed him, he thought it was a monster of the deep drawing him into its jaws. He would have been amazed to learn that the crack was no larger than his hand, but the extreme pressure gradient expelled the fluid like a jet. If he'd had time to prepare, he would have been able to brace himself, or at least avoid the direct point of flow. Spinning from the pressure, his buoyancy disoriented by the flow, Tom's helmet collided with the masonry of the tunnel wall directly opposite to the crack. Gas instantly began erupting from the fissure. Shit! My helmet's been compromised! he yelled, but no one heard his words. His radio, along with his faceplate, were destroyed. Hydrox, the oxygen-rich hydrogen gas designed for deep-sea diving, flowed freely from his faceplate. The bubbles it created blinded him completely. With the high concentrations of hydrogen cyanide in his surrounding water, it was the positive pressure of the hydrox that was still keeping him alive, but it would expire within minutes at this rate. Tom flicked his flashlight on and off continuously. He had no idea which direction in relation to himself Sam was, but he knew that a message had to be passed if he was ever going to see the surface. If he'd thought it through at all, he would have realized that, even with the ability to see, he would never have had enough gas to reach the rock. He was going to die. Like all creatures, he refused to accept his fate, despite the circumstances. With no way of knowing that his radio had been damaged, he kept trying to contact the only person on Earth who had the chance to save him. Sam, my faceplate has been compromised. I need help, now! Without knowing whether or not his flashlight had been successful in attracting Sam's attention, he switched it off. Through the millions of bubbles streaming from the crack in his faceplate, Tom saw the glowing light in the distance. There! I have to reach it before the darkness takes me! Tom kicked his strong legs, and the fins propelled him in the direction towards the light but without much visibility, he had little way of determining how close he was to it. Then he saw a second light, which was moving up and down, more like a dolphin, towards him. And then the leaking hydrox stopped. He had run out of breathable gas. Like a dying fool, Tom closed his eyes, held his breath, and swam towards his death. And death swam towards him. Within a minute, he no longer had to hold his eyes closed and was surrounded by the darkness. Unconsciousness wrapped itself around his mind comfortingly, like an adult spreading a warm blanket over a child. Sam struggled to remove the deformed helmet. Using an emergency wrench connected to the back of Tom's twin dive tanks, he gripped the helmet's outer lock and pulled with all his might, the device still did not move. On his third attempt, he got the casing to turn, then quickly pulled it off his limp friend's head. Tom, can you hear me? Tom's eyes were open, and the man was still gasping for air, but something was wrong. The muscles around his face started to twitch. He's been exposed to the hydrogen cyanide, 
Opening the cyanide antidote kit, Sam said, Matthew, put the toxicologist on the line, and I mean right now. Seconds later, he had a reply. Dr. Johnston speaking? Tom's faceplate has been damaged, and he's been exposed to high concentrations of hydrogen cyanide. I have the antidote kit open, but there's about ten fucking mini-jets inside. I need you to give me the sequence of administration. Work from left to right for the first three. Start with the aerosol amyl nitrite. Give it immediately into his mouth, and be sure to hold his nose closed. Sam followed the order and sprayed the aerosol solutions into Tom's mouth in rapid succession. His hands were stable. He didn't have time to be frightened. Sam now had the equipment and the instructions available. All he had to do was follow them, and Tom would survive. 